Well, hello, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. So blessed that you're on this podcast with us this week. My name is Larry Raglan. I am your host each and every episode because I believe in the remnant and I believe it is rising and I believe it is standing up in this moment and it is a voice and not an echo. And that's my mandate. That is what is on me from the Lord to do everything I can to make sure that the remnant leaders, because remember, everything rises and falls on leadership. That's a recurring thing through this uh, podcast that we bring to you, at least on a weekly basis, sometimes even more than a week, a weekly basis. But we want to make sure that we're continuously pouring into you and uh, through the leaders because everything rises and falls on leadership. So if the remnant is going to rise and the remnant is going to be the voice that God wants it to be, then leadership is going to have to be in place. And that's why you're on this podcast because you are hungry to be a leader. Now, I'm going to get into uh, some some pretty heavy stuff on this particular podcast uh, for leaders. Uh, you know, we don't ever shy away from anything on either of our podcasts. You know, I have another podcast called The Big Picture. If you're not following it yet, you can look for that. Just look for The Big Picture with Larry Raglan. Which, by the way, uh, if you are, li- you, you, and not if you are listening to this podcast, you are listening to this podcast. And I was wanting to say whatever software that you're on, they have the ability to follow this podcast and to rate us. So if you would give us a five-star rating and write a review, that would be phenomenal. We would appreciate it because that helps us to grow the podcast and to get in front of people that don't know anything about it. With that being said, I want to just tell you that I am going to get into some heavy things today, a little heavier than normal, but uh, I'm just in that vein right now and that I've just got to speak what God has put on my heart and I've got to obey the Lord, and I and I am a pastor to pastors, and I'm a leader to leaders, and that's what I've been called to do. So I want to shake you a little bit uh, today to maybe just one more time. I know you get, you hear this a lot. Uh, you hear the word remnant a lot. You hear certainly hear it from me a lot. I say it all the time because I feel that it is not just something that is in my imagination. It's real. There is a group of leaders right now, and there's a church right now that is truly rising up, taking their place uh, in the kingdom, positioning themselves correctly in the body, and uh, getting ready to receive downloads from heaven. I believe we are a part of one of the greatest, if not the greatest generations to ever live. I tell you what, I don't curse this moment. I do not curse and get mad at all the things that are happening around us. Yeah, I get frustrated. And I'm not going to say that I actually don't get mad. Of course, I do get mad. But what I'm saying is I'm not mad that I'm alive at this time. I hear some people saying, oh, man, this is why I wish I was looking for the good old days, the good old days, the good old days. I get it. But these are the great days. These are the days of of prophesied um, scripture that points to a generation. Some of these guys were writing about us. Thousands of years ago. So you think I'm going to curse? You think I'm going to get mad and shake my fist at God that I've got to deal with some of the mess that i got to deal with in this day and time? No, I'm going to be thankful that God chose me, chose you, trusted us for this moment. Well, one of my favorite passages that I talk about from Scripture when I'm training leaders, when I'm talking to my church and just talking on this podcast 
is is I, I really believe it's a key passage of scripture for the remnant. And it is found in Hebrews chapter 12. I'll read from the New King James Version, chapter 20, chapter 12, verse 25, says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice now, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, yet once more. You need to get that in your spirit. Yet once more. I like to make things simple. There can't be more than once more. Okay? I know that's not proper grammar. But what I'm saying is, Yet once more means it's going to happen one more time. It doesn't mean it's going to happen multiple times. One more time. Once that one more time happens, it's not happening again. So I just can't, for the sake of me, study Scripture and and hear this passage of Scripture and think that this has already happened uh, because that don't even make sense. Uh, so it, it does make sense that this is the final generation. It does make sense that this is the remnant generation. So yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now, what does that mean? Of course, we, I don't believe it means that in heaven itself, the planet heaven, I call it the planet heaven, uh, wherever, whatever it looks like, where our God is, where the new Jerusalem is, where all our loved ones that who had surrendered their life to Christ are, uh, that place called heaven that we're all going to go to one day. Uh, I do not believe that there's going to be an earthquake that hits heaven. Okay. So there's three different heavens. There's the atmospheric heaven, which is referred to in scriptures, three different heavens, the atmospheric heaven, which is where the clouds are, when we look up at the clouds, we look at the sky that we can see with our natural eye, uh, it, that's within our atmosphere, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is the cosmos, the, the, what we can see, the stars. And, of course, we now know there's just unbelievable amount of space beyond what we can see with the natural eyes. So that would be the second heaven. And then the third heaven would be the heaven I was just talking about, would be the actual capital H heaven where God resides. Okay. So we live within, uh, under the umbrella and covering of the first heaven. Uh, we are, you know, evaporation, uh, uh, condensation, precipitation, the rain, the, the mist that goes up, the rain comes back down on us, the clouds, the thunder, the lightning that we see, the airplanes flying through. We're all contained within the umbrella and the covering, the cocoon or whatever you want to call it of the first heaven. We can see the evidence of the second heaven. We see the moon, we see the stars, we see, you know, just things in space and we see a falling star and all that. So we get a glimpse of just a small, small, tiny portion of the second heaven. Of course, we cannot see at all the third heaven. Now, listen to this. We're going back to the scripture that we just read. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now, I like to say this when it's this case. I don't know this for 100%. So I say that this is the gospel according to Larry. Larry's unauthorized version, okay? To me, the fact that it is speaking of earth and then speaking of heaven, I believe that it's speaking of, at the very minimum, the first heaven, 
and maybe even the second heaven, probably the second heaven. Why do I believe that? Because it's a shaking. It's a, it's a shaking of judgment. It's a shaking of pruning. It's a shaking of sifting. It is, it is almost like a sifting process that's happening. Now, why in the world would there be a sifting process? Why would there be a, at least a shaking happening in the heavens as well as the earth? Because, listen to me, the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Now, we know that the devil has access to the first heaven and his demons. They can't be seen. But we, we caught, you know, remember Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He goes on to name one of the four uh, levels of demonic authority, if you want to call it that, is uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. And then there's the principality. We know the principality, uh, the highest form of demonic um, uh, military, if you want to call it that, that serves under the stupid idiot Lucifer, uh, is principalities. We know that is the case because remember the story in the Bible where Daniel was praying and he'd been praying, turning his face towards Jerusalem, praying three times a day. For 21 days, the heavens were brass. So he got no response. And at the end of three weeks, the angel came in the room and said to Daniel, I want you to know before we go any further that the moment that you prayed, I was sent from God with the answer. But I have been held up in the heavens, in the heavenlies, by the prince or the principality of Persia. Of course, you know, he was in Babylon. That's uh, Persia would be Iran, Iraq area. There, so there was a demon assigned to the heavens above that region. And he was a very powerful demon. And this angel that had been sent with the answer to speak to Daniel had been warring with this principality in the air, of the air, in the heavens. But, you know, thank God that uh, at some point, you know, God just said, okay, this is enough. I had enough of this. And, and the angel says, but God released the archangel, the military, the fighting, the warring angel, Michael. And Michael come down and thumped his head and got him out of my way. And now I'm free to come. So we, so listen, these, why am I telling you that? Because first of all, I'm trying to tell you that there's spiritual warfare happening all around you. There's no way you're going to be a part of the remnant. There's no way you're going to be a part of the remnant leadership, especially that's going to lead God's people in this last day and not have to face some devils. You're going to face devils. You're going to, some of you have probably only faced uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, which is the lowest form of demonic authority. Most Christians, that's all they've ever faced. They don't ever see a principality. Uh, but I believe there's going to be some people that's going to see a principality because, you know, a lot of no name, I, I hate to use a term, but no name, unknown, I should say, uh, just faithful men and women that's been serving the Lord uh, that the world don't know about. They don't have any Instagram followers. They don't have a big YouTube channel or whatever, but they've been faithful to God, and they're warring against the heavens. Well, let me tell you something. They're, they're moving and shaking some things. And the principalities are coming after them. Okay, I'm on a rabbit trail. Sorry, let me get back. So, so I believe that there is a shaking going on that the enemy can sense as well. The heavens are shaking. The earth is shaking. Everything that is in the natural, this is what it means. The natural, and my, I'm going back to this, my opinion. The natural and the spiritual are being shaken. 
Now listen, the natural and the spiritual being shaken. Earth represents the natural. That's why we call it um, carnal, the flesh, uh, earthly minded. And then there's heavenly minded. When you're heavenly minded, that means you're spiritually minded. So he says, yet once more, I've shook the earth with earthquakes for generations. But this is going to be different. There's going to be physical shakings happen on the earth. There will be earthquakes. Remember, Jesus said that one of the signs of the end times is there'll be earthquakes in divers places. That's King James. Sorry, that's how I learned it. Meaning in various places, places that you wouldn't expect it. And in, and in uh, uh, rapid and in numbers that we would not comprehend. Okay. And that's happening. So there's massive earthquakes. There's so many earthquakes now in volcanoes and, and serious earthquakes on the Richter scale. There's, it's not even on the news anymore. It's, they're just so common. They're not even on the news anymore. They're all over the world. They are truly increasing in number. So the earth is shaking. The earth is groaning. The earth and, and the things in the earth, the atmosphere, everything uh, is shaking. But then there's also a shaking happening in the spirit realm, which in my opinion is is even a more significant and important shaking because that is the shaking of the bringing down and the exposed, the exposing of demon spirits that have been trying to hide. They have been in, they have hidden for so long uh, that they're being exposed now. And I tell you, one of the biggest devils that's being exposed right now is religion. Uh, religion is one of the most powerful demonic forces in the world. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about religion. Religion is man's way of making something simple, difficult. The, the gospel is simple, but man made it difficult through religious activity. So, and, and made superstars out of preachers and all this kind of stuff. All that mess is coming down. That's a part of this shaking. That's a part of the remnant being revealed is that the elite, uh, quite frankly, the elite preachers and the elite Christian people that have been the hierarchy of faith for so long that, that they've just got it so full of their head that they don't need anybody. They're all, it's all about them and everything. God's not going to share his glory with anybody. So there's a shaking going on in the natural. You see it happening in the politics of our world. You see it happening in the streets of our world that we live in. There's a shaking going on. Uh, there's a resurgence uh, of demonic forces of racism Demonic forces of d division. There is, um, you know, the, come on. Do we not know that there are sexual devils that are being released? I mean, we're being inundated. We've always been inundated with, with sexual things in media and all this, but it's on another level now, y'all. I mean, and I ain't got to go into that. Y'all know how big of a level it's on. Now, now, what are they doing now? They're going after our children. They're using our children as pawns. They're grooming our children. That's another podcast. So, uh, but everything's going to be shaking. Now, now, why is that happening? It ain't just to shake uh, and to expose. That's not all it's about. This shaking remnant, listen to me, leaders, is intentional. God doesn't do anything just to do it. He doesn't say anything just to say it. He's intentional. God is absolutely, emphatically, 1,000% intentional. In everything he does, there's a purpose in everything he does. There's a purpose in everything he says. Now, watch this. I'm going to say it again. Yet once more, I shake not only earth, but also heaven. Now this, next verse. 
yet once more, there it is again, indicates. Now watch this. When he says indicates, let me read that again. Now this, in other words, now hear this, now understand this, yet once more, and he's referring back to what he just said. He just said, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now understand this, the yet once more that I just said, here's why I said it. Okay, I'm reading again. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Now watch this. Anything that's made, man had a part in it. Okay? Think about that. Anything that's made here in this this earth, man had a part in making it. This technology that I'm speaking to you through was made by man. Uh, The desk that I'm sitting behind right now, the lights that are shining on me right now in my office were all made by hand, uh, by man, or they were man made the computer, made the system that made it on the assembly line. Man was involved. So every single thing, what I'm trying to say is God's trying to tell you that anything that man has ever had his hands in is shakable. It is not completely a firm foundation. And that's what happens when you put your faith in man. And and quite frankly, when you put your faith in even men and women of God, when you put your faith in them, it's one thing to honor them. It's another thing to emulate them, to follow their leadership. But when you put your faith in man, anything that is man and anything that's been touched by man, anything that's been created by man, invented by man, thought up by man, and made by man is shakable. Now, and by the way, is temporal, meaning it's not forever. You might have uh, the, the strongest uh, table and chairs that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, they'll take a beating. They've been around. They've been passed down through generation to generation to generation. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if they're 250 years old. They're not eternal. Something's going to happen if you set those chairs there and, they're, and you know, we're gone. No one is able to maintain them, strengthen them. Uh, you know, when the nails or the screws get loose, strengthen them back up to keep them in shape, they will eventually deteriorate. They will eventually fall apart. Everything that has been made is shakable and is temporal. It does not have an eternity timestamp on it. But the flip side of that is this. Listen to me, and I'm getting close, winding down on this podcast, but I'm, I'm not quite to the main point of this podcast. You need to get this in your spirit. Let's say it one more time. Everything that has been made or touched or thought of or created by man is temporal. Everything that's been created is eternal. Now, get that. If it's been made, it's temporal. If it's been created, it's eternal. How do I know that? Because God is the only one that can create anything. Anything that man makes, we make it with the elements and the materials that we have at our disposal. We, nothing has been made by man out of thin air. Even if you're taking moisture out of thin air, 
there was a machine, there was some kind of process that was made by man to suck moisture out of thin air. Nothing has ever been made that was not made tied to existing earthly resources. Okay? But when something is created, it is spoke into existence from nothing. God spoke to the darkness and the blackness of nothing of space in Genesis 1 and said, let there be light, and there was light. In other words, there was no light. But when God said, let there be light, light happened. And here's the thing you got to get about light. The most amazing thing about that light that he said, let there be light, and there was light, is that that light has never stopped. It has survived everything that's ever happened on this earth. It survived the rebellion, uh, of the warfare of, of Satan and his demons. It survived the fall in the garden. It survived it all. Because when God creates something, it's eternal. It doesn't have an end date. It doesn't have a death date. Eternal things do not die. And they are not shakable. And they are not breakable. And they cannot be done away with. But the things that are made in the earthly can. And that's the purpose of this shaking. So that once once you see and you understand that shaking is going on, you are going to be forced. And listen, what all that we just went through the last two and a half years pales in comparison to what we're about to go through. The, the people that are being moved by demonic forces are going to continue to inundate you over and over and over again with crisis after crisis after crisis to keep control over you, to wear you down, to beat you down into submission. But I'm going to tell you something. Your house is temporal. Your cars are temporal. Your bank account is temporal. Your job is temporal. Let me say something, and I mean this. I, I don't know how you're going to take it because I love my country, and I don't want to ever see anything happen to our country. But the United States is temporal. Uh, Japan is temporal. Russia is temporal. These are nations that were birthed by man. So therefore, they're not eternal. But the kingdom of God is eternal. I want you to think about what Jesus preached. Jesus preached the kingdom. He preached something that was unshakable. He preached something that was unbreakable. He preached something that was unmovable. And, and was eternal. He came to remind us that his will is for us to operate in the kingdom. Because when we operate as kingdom men and women, then we operate with an authority that is greater than any authority on this earth. Remember this. We, listen, we should preach born again. We should preach you must be born again. But I want to remind you, it's a little controversial when you hear somebody say this sometimes, but I want to remind you that uh, Jesus only said you must be born again one time. He said that to Nicodemus one time. Although it's a principle that must be followed in order to be born again and be saved, he, he, I'm thankful that he said that to Nicodemus. But you know what he said over and over and over again? The very first message that he ever preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is in hand. You can't operate in this kingdom in sin. But when you repent, you can come into a kingdom. 
that overrides all the sin that you've ever committed. What did John the Baptist preach? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is, is, is nigh. What did Peter preach when he came out of that upper room after he met the man with the gate at the gate called beautiful and he raised him up from being paralyzed. And in chapter three, he begins to preach in the temple and he said, he goes line upon line upon line upon line, all the things that was done to Jesus. And he said, y'all did it all. You know, you you own it, but here's, but here's the good news. Repent, repent and be converted that you may be, that you may partake of the times of refreshing. So the key is repentance. And I believe that one of the biggest things that's happening in this shaking is it's causing people, it's drawing a line in the sand for people. What are they going to put their faith in? And, and, and when, when, they, when you finally get the revelation that you've put your faith in the wrong place, the only way to become a part of the kingdom is you've got to repent. And, and you know what? You don't think you need to repent unless you hear a message on sin. So, so preachers, you're going to have to preach on sin. You're going to have to preach on what the word of God calls sin, because if somebody don't think they've got sin in their life, they don't think they're a sinner. They don't need, they don't think they need a savior. They don't think they need forgiveness. We're going to stand before God remnant leaders. That's why you're on this podcast. Not everybody can handle this podcast, but you're on here because you're hungry. You're on here because you didn't want to quit and you, you might be on the verge of quitting. And I'm thankful that you haven't quit and that you're here. And that you're, you're getting as much as you can. Stay in alive. Just stay alive. But I want you to know God won't, don't want you to stay alive. He wants you to rise up. And he wants you to preach the gospel. So listen to this. Everything's going to be shaken. And it indicates, yet once more indicates, that there's going to be a generation that the things that can be shaken and are temporal, that are made, will be removed, will be brought down, and will be exposed, comma, the next verse, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. You better know this. You better know this remnant. There is no way that God is coming back after a weak, anemic, pathetic, don't even believe in miracles, don't even believe in the gospel anymore, don't even believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, don't believe in holiness and purity. You think that's the church he's coming after? No. He's coming. That's, that's why it's called a remnant, because it's not going to be popular. It's not popular. I mean, you got preachers that are Holy Ghost Spirit-filled preachers don't even believe in hell anymore. And they're, and they're fighting people on social media if anybody says anything about judgment, that the judgment of God is coming. The Bible says judgment begins at the house of the Lord. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Now, the very last two verses that you've got to hear before I close this podcast, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain, which is the kingdom. And then if you didn't know that's what it was, he makes it very, very clear. The very next verse, verse 28, Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, I love that word. In other words, everything you just heard, let that sink deep within you. Now, now that you heard that, that means this. All of these things that you just heard is setting up this. 28. Verse 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And I love that you threw verse 29 in there. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is not a match. Our God is not a, 
just a little warm breeze that hits you. Our God is a consuming fire. Do you know why that's so special to me? Let me just close by saying this. I know you're laughing because I didn't close five times. But listen to this. You may know the story of Elijah. A remnant leader probably does know the story of Elijah. At least you've heard of Elijah. And one of the most famous stories that made him so famous was the story of when the Bible records him going up uh, to the mountain to face uh, the prophets of Baal. And when he went up to face the prophets of Baal, they were challenging his God. They were saying his God was not relevant anymore. They were saying Elijah's God was a God of the old way. It was, you follow that God, you're not enlightened. You haven't, you know, you've just not received revelation. We've got revelation. God wants us to enjoy life. Our God empowers us to do what our flesh wants to do. Our God is a great God. And I love what Elijah said. Elijah said, okay, whatever. Let's see, let's see, let's see whose God is God. And I think it's awesome that his deciding factor of whose God was God was fire. He said, I tell you what, let's both build altars. I'll let you go first because, you know, I just want to get out of the way, let you do your thing. You put your sacrifice on the altar and you pray to your God and you ask your God that you think so big and bad to answer you by fire. Let the fire come down and consume your altar. I'll stand back over here and watch. You go. And the Bible says they danced and they chanted and they took rocks and they cut themselves and they bled. They, I mean, they, they were, it, it's basically a demonstration of demonic manifestation. And nothing happened. Nothing. So Elijah at some point said, okay, it's my turn. He said, but, but you know what? I'm, I'm, this is how confident I am about my God and the kingdom that I'm a part of. I'm going to dig a ditch around mine. He dug a ditch around his. He had some people go get water and pour in the ditches around it. Three different times they went and got water. Filled the ditch up around the altar, poured water all over the altar and all over the lamb that was laying on the altar. Soaking wet. Made it even harder to burn. In fact, eliminated any ability for Elijah to have tricked them, to fake them, and have somebody come in there and somehow put a spark under there and light the fire. He removed all, listen, listen to this key word, man. This is powerful. He removed all things that could look like the earth or man did it. Sounds like that shaking. Everything was removed that of a chance of man setting fire to that to where uh, the only way fire was going to hit that altar. The only way is it had to come from a kingdom outside of the world in which we live. He stood back and he just said these words, let the God that answers by fire, let that God be God, God show him. And when he said that fire came down out of heaven, straight down out of heaven, consumed the altar licked up the water in the ditch, didn't just burn the sacrifice, but dried up all the water. There was no more doubt. You know why that happened that way? Because our God is a consuming fire. When Moses was called by God, he was called out of a burning bush. Oh yeah, I know the Bible says it was on fire, but not yet consumed because he doesn't consume 
the bush. He consumes flesh. He consumes flesh. Are you hearing me? Flesh. That's, the, that's what repentance does. The fire burns the flesh. And I'm going to tell you something. Just like Elijah, he said, let the God that answers by fire, let that God be God. Well, let me tell you something. I feel that spirit of Elijah on me, and I feel it's on you as a remnant. And I'm going to tell you something. The prophets of Baal, they have had their chance. They have been dancing. They have been chanting. They have been cutting. They have been bleeding. You tell you what else they've been doing? They've been sacrificing our children. They've been sacrificing our children under for 50 years under a law that gave them the right to take the life of an unborn child. Now that's gone. You hear me? That's part of the shaking. Yeah, I know it's going back to the States, but that national, that national just thick curse that was upon us has been released. Why? Because there is no barrier between the heavens. The heavens are being shaken, y'all. The first heaven, the second heaven, where Satan's reign is, where he lives, it's being shaken. But there's a fire, y'all, that's coming from the third heaven. And the Bible says in the last days, it's going to be poured out on all flesh. That didn't come from the cosmos. This fire of Joel chapter 2, the prophecy of the last day remnant rising, it's not going to come from the first heaven. It's coming all the way through the third heaven, penetrating the second heaven, and hitting us through the third, first heaven, and then it's going to hit us right here on this earth. It is. <laughs> this is the greatest moment to be alive. Rise up. Rise up. There's a shaking going on. Be a part of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. I'll see you next time.